Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, talk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech, we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be discussing Denis Villeneuve's newest film, Dune. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question... What is your favorite Dune-specific word? I'm Lucas Wright from Chicago. I have so many words <laughs> that I love <laughs> from Dune. But my favorite is actually two words, but it's the Bene Gesserit. I just love the way that kind of rolls off the tongue. It sounds very important and intriguing, um, and I can't wait to talk more about it. Absolutely. I am Sandra Amstutz. I'm from Nashville, and my favorite term was gom jabbar which was yes. like a, a murder that's high meal. up there as well yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> used with the used by the Bene Gesserit. um gom jabbar as like a super scary um weapon i'm all in on so for sure yeah there was a ton that i had to google ton of words i needed to google after seeing this movie <laughs> um but that was one i was like oh no i remember the gom jabbar i had that one <laughs> burned into the brain for sure <laughs> um well lucas we're gonna definitely talk more about dune but before we do that i want to know what are you feeling this week this week i'm feeling a, a hulu uh mystery comedy series um only murders in the building this stars steve martin martin short and selena gomez who you might also be surprised <laughs> is in this is in this show as well uh it feels like a weird uh dynamic between the two martin short and uh, Steve Martin, who have been working together for many years to bring in someone like Selena Gomez. But I think it really works here. Um, it's not just them making fun of young people and her making fun of old people the whole time, which is what I expected um, from that kind of dynamic. She actually fits in well. She's very – I don't – I haven't seen her in many things like acting. And, I mean, she's not the most amazing actress in the world, but she actually fits with this kind of um, quirky comedy Um series and it's around um a, a murder that happens in the building and these three are very obsessed with true crime podcasts and so they start their own podcast um uh, about about this murder and it's very very funny and very very light um in a way that uh i haven't seen a show like this in a while i feel like a lot of the shows that i'm watching right now are very um are very serious and take themselves very seriously um and i don't think this is something that um is you know one of the best shows in the entire world but it's so fun to watch these people together and i think it's actually a really really good um kind of tear down of <laughs> the 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 true crime podcast industry <laughs> do, are you a true crime podcast fan or, or do you get sucked into that world i'm not, i'm not at all i yeah have obviously listened to serial um and yeah. a couple a couple other ones that have you know made it big but i am not someone who seeks out true crime podcasts at all does this show kind of like satirize true crime the true crime podcast world and and it did it make you intrigued by that world or like 
oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm laughing at that world along with this show. A little bit of both. I think it, I think it does a good job of kind of writing that line of like ab- absolutely acknowledging like how enjoyable and um, intriguing a lot of these mysteries can be, um, while also kind of having that critique of like, well, a person died, and then you're really invested in <laughs> you know the yeah. the entertainment of that person dying <laughs> um, aspect of it. Yeah, that aspect of true crime has always like left me very unsettled. Yeah. Um and I've I've never been super invested in in any of those shows because of that. But I I'm really intrigued by Only Murders in the Building. Um I haven't watched it at all, but I have really enjoyed the Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez press tour that has been involved yeah. <laughs> with this show. Um, like, even in just these little interview clips I'm seeing on TikTok, their chemistry seems so undeniable as, like, a threesome. Which I was surprised by. I, I really didn't think it would, it would you know, go that direction. But Selena Gomez fits really well with these two guys. And I... I'm excited that that there's going to be more. It's not just a one ep- or a one season show. Oh, it's, okay. It's, it's got renewed for season two, so there's still more story to tell. Yeah, um, I adore Martin Short. He's just one of the funniest people alive. Um, yeah. yeah, and um, I, I do have a really quick anecdote. I was in New York recently. And um, I did a You've Got Mail tour of the Upper West Side, like a a self-made tour. And my friend and I, we went to go visit um, the apartment building that Nora Ephron lived in. Um, And it was like this big, fancy, old-fashioned, classic New York apartment (laughs) building. And when we went, we spoke with, like, the doorman for a while. Mm -hmm. And he seemed to think that we were there for only murders in the building. And he was like, it's actually kind of more like this other building nearby. And we were like, oh, no, 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 we're here for Nora (laughs) Ephron. And it just had me thinking about the type of, you know, doorman that works in these buildings who the the math that they have to do with tourists oh, being yeah. like what what are they here for you yeah. know like <laughs> what what's what piece of pop culture media is inspiring them to stop by you know <laughs> yeah cuz that's like half of new york is yeah. a, is a movie set so right. i'm sure every single building everybody's just wanting to take a picture of so <laughs> right um well, I really need to start this show. I, I need to make sure to catch it before. Um, is it a half hour or an hour? That's the best part. It's a half hour. See, um, you got me there. Exactly. So it's very, very light, very fun. It's something that you can watch just about any time, which yeah. is exactly what I needed. <laughs> Wonderful. So that's only Murders in the Building, and it's available on Hulu. Oh, so good. Um, well, this week I'm feeling um, a movie that I haven't heard many people talk about but that I saw a trailer for and thought, oh, well, that's just right up my alley. And it's called Bergman Island. It's um, written and directed by a woman named Mia Hansen Love. Um, and it stars uh, Tim Roth, Vicky Creeps, and uh, Mia Wachowski. Wachowska? Um, this is a movie about a couple of um, filmmakers, screenwriters that go away on a retreat together to um, Ingmar Bergman's island that he kind of lived on and and shot films on. And they live in a little house that he worked in, and they work on their, like, each of their own screenplays and kind of just live on this little island for a, a short, for a week or so. 
And then interspersed with that story, we also get to see the story that one of the filmmakers is writing. Um, and this is a really quiet movie that I was so swept away by. Um, if you are a fan of just the vibe of Call Me By Your Name, just like the slow pace, the relaxation, the beautiful scenery, um, this is something that I think you would really like. And the characters, you know, it's there's not a lot of drama, um, but there's so much like pain and longing um, in these this couple. And in this, like, fictional couple, well, I guess they're both fictional couples, but, like, the <laughs> even more fictional couple that is, that we're seeing in the screenplay version of the story that we're watching. Mia Wachowska is, plays the star of the screenplay movie that's within a movie that's showing, and she's really the standout for me. I kind of love her in every single thing she's been in, and she plays, um... Just like a, a lovesick woman that I loved watching and loved to just be in, um, where is it? Where is it shot? I want to say it's Swedish. Um, Swedish. Sweden is the island. It is, where yeah. Got, yeah. Man, Sweden looks gorgeous. It's beautiful <laughs> waters and dancing and um, the clothes are not over the top, but everyone looks good and and um, clean and sexy and um, chic. It's really, it's very escapist, and I, I really loved, like, being swept away to Bergman Island. Yeah, I I really enjoyed this movie. I also oh, watched the, this movie this weekend. Um, I was afraid that it would be too much about um, Bergman and, like, yes. pl playing into, like, well, you have to have seen all his movies to get all the references in this movie. And I was like, sure. I'm not, that, that, that's not me. <laughs> so I don't think I've seen a single one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're, you know, they're on that island to, you know, see his stuff and talk about his stuff. So there's, obviously he comes up, but I don't, I don't think that that's a, a barrier for entry at all with this movie. It's more about the relationship between this couple and then obviously about, um, the, the love of, um, I think the craft of movie making um, yeah. and kind of d digging into the relationships that happen around movie making. And again, both of these, both halves of this couple are movie makers. And so kind of uh, their dynamic around movie making and he's, he's more, it seems more of a, um, like a big budget populist director where she's more of like an art house indie director. And I think that uh, that dynamic is just fun to see in these these two people kind of, again, like you said, on this beautiful island, um, you know, walking around and biking around these these beautiful sites um, and also just struggling with writing. And I, I just really loved it. I thought it was yeah. a, kind of a small, intimate, um, but very, uh, very heartfelt movie. Yeah. And it's also about it's a lot about writing and it's also a lot about the things that are unsaid in a couple. Right. Mm hmm. Whether it's a couple that you've like a, a marriage that you're participating in, or a relationship that is not defined but that still definitely exists, and all the unsaid things between those two people that um, are just kind of sitting right there on the surface. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I really just loved the tone and the pace of this movie, and 
Um, I can't wait to... I have specific friends that I can't wait to recommend it to. And I always love when a movie, like, ignites that in me. Like, oh, I know exactly the type of person that will love watching this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bergman Island, I highly recommend it. ready to talk about dune 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 let's <laughs> dune, do it dune, 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 dune. um okay let's get into it so as always we definitely should talk about our previous relationship to dune before seeing this film both yes. the, the books the previous movies um the news of this film tell me everything you were feeling and, and experiencing before we saw this one lucas okay so, um, I have read the book Dune. It is the Whoa. only. I know, I know. Big, big, big news here. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only book of the that whole series that I have read, um, which we will get into. I want to talk a lot about the book and spoilers and the, okay, the series great. as a whole. But coming into this movie, um, obviously the projection of this has been uh, very has been talked about for a very long time leading up to this of they're making Dune again they're finally doing it and this is the I guess the third iteration of um, of, of, of Dune there's um, David Lynch made one in the 80s um, and there was a, a mini series I think in the early 2000s also mm. and so now we're at this point where like we're getting a big budget one we're doing it the way quote unquote, it's supposed to be done. <laughs> um, we're, we're getting hit by Denny Villeneuve, who has been, he has been consistently great um, at making movies. And, <laughs> yeah. and I think what, whether they're commercial successes or not, I think he has been consistently great at making movies. Critically acclaimed. Crit- yeah, critically acclaimed. And yeah. I, I think everybody's, um, everybody's just hyped about this. This is like the one movie that I think everybody was ready for, um, no matter kind of where they fell on the, the sci-fi spectrum. Um, and so the fact that it, then it got pushed back due to the pandemic, I think has hyped it up even more of people just being ready for Dune. Dune is the, you know, the big movie that we're, we're measuring all of their movies against during this pandemic. And so when is it coming out? Is it happening? Um, and so it's finally here released, uh, in theaters and on HBO max. Yeah. So I'm really excited that you read the book because I have not, and I have not seen any previous adaptations of this. So I went into this incredibly, like, fresh. Yeah, um, you knew nothing about the world. Here's here's the, my, the only thing about that is that once I went on a first date where the guy did <laughs> recount the entire plot of Dune to me oh on the date. Gosh. He tried to explain the entire universe and recount the entire plot. Yeah, I'm um, sure that worked really well. Yeah, he did then ghost me. Um, yeah. so... <laughs> oh, got it. So it's on you then. Got it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember, I remember I really liked him, but then I was also kind of like, oh, you shouldn't be explaining the whole plot of Dune to me. And then when he ghosted me, I was like, I can't believe I let you explain the entire plot of Dune to me, and then you ghosted me. The I nerve. was so furious. <laughs> I, I, do you ever do that though where you you start like a story and you're like halfway through and you're like i should not be telling this story this is like too much information this is yeah. just the wrong crowd for this but yeah i feel bad for him i don't I feel <laughs> vicious <laughs> which is why i've held on to that story but so that was recounted to me once so there was like tiny little bits of information that i you know 
kind of had, but most, but not really any <laughs> plot stuff. Most yeah. of it was about like the Bene Gesserit. Um, anyway, so I went in not really knowing anything about this plot, um, but really anticipating. I've been really excited about Dune, mostly because I've only seen two Denis Villeneuve movies. Oh. And that those are Arrival and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. My gosh! And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Arrival moved me incredibly. I thought Arrival was one of the best films I've ever seen. Um, and then Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I had a lot of issues with story wise, <laughs> but visually was like this is one of the most stunning films I've ever seen. Right? Yeah. Um. So it was like. I, I saw so much potential in for what Dune could be. And then also, I really do love um, a lot of the cast members, but Timothy Chalamet. Like, I find him really enchanting as a performer. And for him to, like, be the lead of this, this huge event um, was really exciting for me. So I was highly anticipating Dune before seeing it. Awesome. Were you invested in the um, Chalamet Zendaya press tour? <laughs> um, you know, not as much as the Selena Gomez, Martin yeah. <laughs> Short, Steve Martin press tour. Uh, I've definitely kept my eye on it. It seems they both seem very charming, and I like both of them a lot. So I I tend to enjoy media with both of them. Mm-hmm. However, a lot of the media, the press, their press tour seems like very like these two are best friends and let's prove how best of friends these two stars are yeah (laughs) and it just felt like very pressured like i was like i don't need to be convinced like they're two very like cool young attractive people i'm sure they get along (laughs) (laughs) um so i felt like a, a lot of like intense messaging around their press tour yeah yeah Anyway, I feel um, so. uh, How did you feel, Lucas, about this version of Dune? Ultimately, well, I even though there was a lot of uh, I think build up to Dune, um, I didn't read a lot of the the news about it, as Mm -hmm. as in like how much of the book are they adapting and who's who all you know who all's cast in whatever. Like I watched the trailers, I saw you know who was in this movie, but there. The cast is so stacked that yeah. people just kept showing up that I was like, you're in like two minutes of this movie. Why did they cast? I mean, you're fantastic, but I'm just surprised, you know? And so I, I think that was a fun reveal for me as the movie was going on of just like this long list of um, of actors just kept showing up that I absolutely loved. Um, but I think what, what, what kind of I was paying attention to for most of this movie is uh, how long it was going to be. This movie is, uh, what is yeah. it? Yeah. 157 minutes yeah yeah something like that over over two and a half hours um and so i knew they were only doing like the first part of the book um but it had been i mean years since i read it and so like trying to keep up as i was watching it with okay we're not very far into this but like an hour into the movie we're like we're like on chapter two at the moment so um and just trying to think through like where are they cutting it off where is it going to be so i i I did watch it a second time and got to really just kind of bask in the movie Mm -hmm. itself um but i i really loved it I, i had a lot of fun with it um i think there are um the the issues mostly that i have are around 
the idea to break it into two and what that leaves this movie. Cause I don't feel like this is a full movie itself. Sure. It doesn't tell a full story, um, which is fine. I feel like there are some um, movies that have, you know, multiple parts that are each movie is a story in its own. That is then builds up to a bigger story, which I feel like that's what star Wars is. It's mm-hmm. multiple small stories turn that make a make a larger story. Um, this feels like a, um, just the first episode of a TV show where it is, we're just cutting off here and then there will be more later. So, so we don't get full, full, fully realized character arcs, which is something that I was um, hoping for more out of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can get more into depth into that in in spoilers, but in general, I I really liked it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I have a lot to say about specific things that I found, uh, that I absolutely loved. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay. So I've been struggling to figure out what my exact reaction is to Dune. Ultimately, what I think I've come down to is that I think it's incredibly impressive. I, I watched it and was definitely super invested the whole time, even though it was very long. Um, I was hooked. I was aware of how long it was. Yeah. And I was, you know, checking to see like, okay, how long have we been doing this? How long is left? You know, like that <laughs> is something that I wasn't swept away enough that I wasn't doing that. But I was definitely super invested in this in this epic story. Um, I found it hard to emotionally invest in Dune because... The scale is, like, almost oppressive. The amount of information that you're trying to process and the seemingly, there there seems to be, like, a a backstory that is, has insane amounts of information (laughs) that we don't have access to in this film, but that seems pretty relevant and necessary, was a lot to keep up with. And... I feel like this film spends so much time trying to like set everything up. And this is, I probably my complaint with most large sci-fi epics is that I need more of the personal moments. Like, yeah, that is what I, that's what I go to the movies for. Like, and there, there were some that I think did really stand out as these beautiful moments, but I could have used more warmth and and personal like connection. That being said, what we do get the scale of these like environments and the cultures and the terminologies and um, the political backdrop of this whole story is super interesting. And I was like really hooked by it all. Um, Mostly I think what, I love about this film the most is what I typically love about a Denis Villeneuve film is the visuals of it. Um, mm-hmm. The visuals of the planet, of the equipment, of the clothing, um, I, I was really swept away by. So I, I liked Dune a lot, but I didn't leave Dune like super in love with this world or like really excited about the next one because I think it is missing a little bit of that you know human warmth yeah it definitely is and I I think that the parts that it does give you are like 
are sparse, but like really well written and really sure. well realized and like almost give you just like hints at an even deeper, um, I guess, emotions that, that, that we're just like not going to get in this movie. But I really loved those moments. And I agree with you that like having more. Uh, yeah, all of this I want to talk about in spoilers, but <laughs> having yeah. more of a, an emotional connection to some of these characters, um, I think would, would would help this movie. And this has been a Dune problem uh, sure. since the beginning of time. Uh, but I, I do think uh, Denis Villeneuve actually adds more um, emotion than what is in the book and what has been in previous versions of the, of this story. But I agree, it's uh, more would be better. <laughs> yeah, well. Another thing I just want to say, without spoiling any plot-specific events, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, dark shit that happens in this movie. Yes. Um, and it's it's not a, like, there's not a lot of joyful moments. There's a lot of, like, tough moments, I would yeah. say. And yeah. so it, that just, I was just very aware of it. It was just like, oh, this is a tough watch from that standpoint like Mm -hmm. there's there's not a roller coaster of like you know joy and sadness it is you know a lot of tough throughout the whole film yes (laughs) yeah which for two and a half hours is a lot (laughs) which is a lot yeah exactly because i'm trying to even think what i would compare this to right like i guess blade runner 2049 is like a a pretty apt comparison right um Mm -hmm. I feel like there's obviously like some similarities to like a Star Wars in that it's this sci-fi intergalactic like battle for political power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but tonally so incredibly different. This is I think this is a hard movie to compare things to because yeah. every uh really most sci-fi stories um, are based off of this book originally. Mm. And so the whole chosen one narrative and everything like that has, you know, started with this book. And so star Wars is heavily influenced by, by Dune. The matrix mm. is influenced by Dune. There's so much that is just pulled from, from the sci-fi world that now yeah. we're getting to see it. And we're like, well, that seems like other things when really it all kind of stems from this. Um, and I think again, once we get into the plot of it, we can, we'll, well, well, we can talk more about that in spoilers. But um, overall, I would say I really enjoyed it. Like you said, the production design, the visuals of this movie are stunning. Um, a lot of people talk about this with Blade Runner 24, but even if you just wanted to put the movie on in the background on mute and just watch some of the amazing visuals, that would be sure. uh, you know, an, an amazing watch on its own, um, which I agree with. I think Blade Runner... <laughs> This is on this is on a desert planet. So I think Blade Runner forty nine has uh is more colorful, has I think yeah. some more interesting visuals. Definitely. But even in this kind of <laughs> languid dull of you know the it's it's a lot of like gray concrete spaceships, desert, like I stuff mean, like yeah, that. Yeah, it is everything's gray and brown. Like yeah. there yeah. is no color in this right. other than right. the blue eyes, like Exactly. But even that is still just the way light is used in this movie is absolutely beautiful. Um so I would say absolutely watch it. Um, I do want to let's before we get into spoilers. Who's your who's your standout actor? In this That's movie? a great question. Honestly, Jason Momoa. He is the most charismatic person in this movie. He's yes. so good. This might be his best role. Yeah, like, his best work ever. I was so surprised. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of what I've seen him in other than Aquaman, um, and I and I'm coming up short. Um, but 
I love Aquaman, but this movie, like, he feels so natural. Like, he feels like a, he feels more like a movie star in this movie than I've ever seen him before. I agree. Um, <laughs> and he's yeah. like tenth built or whatever. In this movie. Yeah, like, he's really, really good. He's so. And good. I liked seeing him clean shaven. I was surprised by that as well. He looks really good clean shaven. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> Um, for me, I would say my standout is Rebecca Ferguson. Um, she's so good in this movie. Um, a lot of the times it's just, she's being very calm, but very panicking or, or, um, mad or scared or lot, like lots of just emotion in her Mm -hmm. that she's trying to, you know, either control or, you know, direct it certain, certain directions. And I just Mm -hmm. think she does a great job. Um, I think Jason Momoa is way more fun to watch in this movie sure (laughs) but i just was really impressed by her i also just want to say like i i always love oscar isaac like oscar isaac can do no wrong in my mind and in this movie like it was so interesting to see him play regal um Mm -hmm. i don't know that i've ever seen that tone from him before and it worked like it it really really (laughs) worked um I, I loved seeing him like this. So, yeah, I, I wanted to mention that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to talk spoilers? Definitely. All right. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Crack and gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. So, there were there was a lot that I had complicated feelings about in this movie, but what I could have definitely used more of because I was very into it, was the Bene Gesserit. Like, I like space nuns. And whether they're the fish nuns in Last Jedi, or these, like, (laughs) evil space nuns in Dune, I'm into it. I'm into, like, a collective of female, like, religious figures and in space. Yeah. So I would call them space witches, but... Yeah. To me, I, I get why people call them witches, and I, I haven't read Dune, so obviously you you probably know better than me. But they their outfits feel very nun like, and they <laughs> yes. seem so committed to a religious like belief mm-hmm. system. You know, like yeah. Anyway, so I was I could have used a lot more yeah. of them. I so good news. Um, <laughs> they're making a TV show about the Bene Gesserit. <laughs> oh, is it like the prequel series set? In the Denis Villeneuve yes. universe, yep. interesting. Yeah, hmm. there. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that know. something you're interested in? Do you want that much Bene Gesserit? I mean, <laughs> I guess it depends on who's making it, right, and who's yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, Denis Villeneuve is, is uh, executive producing it. He he wants okay. to like help run the show, but yeah, I don't know how much he'll like actually like direct and write. But I think I would prefer it as a movie, but uh-huh. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you, though. Like, the Bene Gesserit is one of the most interesting things about this uh, franchise. Um, and I get that this isn't the story of the Bene Gesserit, so you can't, like, just do that. But every time they were talking about them or they were on screen or, like, Rebecca Ferguson got to do the voice, like, all of those things, I was just like, I want so much more of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting to me. Let me tell you. I really could have used at the beginning of this movie, like a Star Wars scroll of like, <laughs> before this movie started, here's the main players, here's what happened. Like in broad terms, okay. you know? Do you do you feel like that part 
like you would just got lost in that, like with the, like House Atreides taking over Arrakis from the Harkonnen, like all of that stuff. I mean, obviously I was able to figure it all out via, you know, context mm-hmm. clues, right? Yeah. I feel like I could have used it would have been nice to have a little bit more set up so that I wasn't having to do as much math while I was trying to enjoy the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I could have used a little bit more setup about the Bene Gesserit, like what their role is in this universe, mm-hmm. a little bit more setup of like, maybe like, what's the name of this emperor? Like I kept hearing emperor, but I don't really know his name. And I feel like that's important. Are, are how many houses are there? Like, are, is it, are there, are we talking about, are these two houses out of like 500, you know, like mm-hmm. just some, some like scale and context going yeah. into this. Like it, even if it had just been house of Karnan and house Atreides are the two largest and most important houses in the galaxy that have been fighting for, you know, yeah. centuries or whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just feel like also, this universe is so there's so many names and terms that are specific to dune that mm-hmm. trying to keep up with it yeah i it just it's a lot especially the the names in other languages yeah it's a whole lot yeah which in my head they did a really good job of just paring down to like the essentials like this is what oh, you okay. need to know now this is what you need to know now we're not going to get into the details but if you're coming into this blind i bet it yes. is very just kind of Who do do I need to pay attention to? (laughs) Here's, I think, what I also found confusing. Once we got onto Arrakis, I feel like there were different terms in different languages for the same thing, and that was confusing. Like, what's, like, the Christ term that the Fremen use? Like, Liam al-Gaib? Yes, so that's, yeah. I think that's that's where it gets really weird, is there's, like, the Bene Gesserit, um, are looking for their super being or whatever. Their, uh, it has like a K and an H in it. Kwisatz Haderach. Yes. Um, um, and so, yeah. So so they are call- They are looking for that. They talk about that a lot. Whereas the, um, yeah, the Fremen have their other word, which I don't remember. Was that <laughs> the Gaib? Lisa yes. El Gaib, yeah. I think, something like that. So it was like yeah. those two – those are two terms that like don't roll off the tongue. I'm not yeah. familiar with, and Agreed. they both seem to mean Paul, right? Um, yeah. or, or like they're alluding to like both of those are Paul, and that was very confusing to have two different terms for that, right? Like mm-hmm. I, that was one of those things where I had to Google the Lisa Al Gaib. That one I I understood while I was watching the movie. The other term. I, I was totally lost. I kept thinking that was like the name for God or something. And I had to Google afterwards to just yeah. figure out like what's <laughs> going on here. Yeah. There, this world of Dune is a little alienating in that sense. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I want to talk about some moments that really did work for me, uh, if that's okay. Yeah. The talking, you know, we mentioned earlier how like those personal emotional moments could, we could have used more. The scene with Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalamet where they're basically like, he's like, you know, I expect you to be king. And he's like, I don't know, yeah. dad, maybe that's not the path meant for me. Like any father-son movie. Um, that worked really well. I, I was so into that scene. We don't get a lot of good dads, I think, in movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It was like a shock. Like, so having oh. Oscar play like a royal good dad is yeah. 
was was I yeah, it's definitely a surprising move, but I love it. <laughs> is is the line that he says about like if you give this up, you'll still be all I ever needed you to be, my son. Is yeah. that in the book? I don't think so. Okay. That's a beautiful line. It is, yeah. That is a line that will stay with me. And um yeah, it was so that was wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, having him die was quite a bummer. <laughs> quite the bummer. Yeah. Yeah, that is harsh. Um, I think I, I think I do like um, just how that story plays out. I think there's this f- there's this fear of I can't what's the word and inevitability. Yeah, there we yeah. go. <laughs> there's this inevitability that I think you get even from the beginning of like he knows it's a trap. He knows that the emperor mm-hmm. is putting him on here because you know they've gained too much power and yeah. Um, he doesn't want to go, but he doesn't really have a choice. And so this whole time he's like. We're going to go. We're going to do the best we can. But knowing that this is probably, you know, what's going to happen is, um, I think, an interesting, you know, world to be dropped in into. But it's also uh, depressing, extremely depressing to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And especially, like, for him to die kind of, like, halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. you know, like, versus, like, if we had built up this whole movie and then he dies at the end, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know... But halfway through, you're like, God damn. Also, it just felt like as soon as I would start to really grow fond of a character, they would die. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that was tough. Um, I don't particularly like war movies. Mm -hmm. But you know what I like less than war movies is movies where people just get slaughtered. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what happens here, right? Like, yeah. there's a sneak attack and there's just a slaughtering that happens. Yeah. And I really don't need to watch that. And that <laughs> is basically what this movie is. Let me tell you, I also don't love that this movie threw in that little rape reference that just kind of happened on that, like, helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we get it. They're evil. I don't know that that's necessary. You know, like, there was a lot of grim in this movie that was just... Yeah. It was a long movie to sit through that much grim. Because there there is zero lightness in it. And so, yeah, uh, yeah you normally you get a little balance. And you get some, um, I guess, some breathing space normally. Like yeah. Like, grim, then you get a breath, then you get a breath. Yeah. And uh there's there's not a lot this is is pretty downhill the entire time right and which it feels, i i loved <laughs> <laughs> okay great it feels like also like you could have had some lightness not necessarily in the interpersonal stuff but like you know like i i feel like a lot of people are making a lot of jokes about them using the phrase desert power like yeah yeah and like it seems like that's like a phrase that they would use like there's so like there's so much potential here like that we're excited by this right mm-hmm. it feels like you could have had some stuff on arrakis where when they're exploring for the first time yes it's very oppressive but maybe like something that was they're in awe of like mm-hmm. wow this is the heat is oppressive the you know like this is a hard planet to be on but like look at this view or yeah. <laughs> like i don't know like you don't think they're, they're impressed by the sandworm? Yeah, no. <laughs> you are not impressed by the sandworm. <laughs> I mean, this everything on this in this movie is big, right? Like yeah. the yeah. sandworms are bigger than you could ever imagine. The the planets, the ships, like it's all big. 
And that that doesn't do that much for me, personally. I yeah. did love the clothes, let me tell you. Great outfits. I was all in on all the clothes. <laughs> Especially the scene when the Atreides like, bandwagon pulled into Arrakis for the first time. And, like, Timothy, everyone's wearing, like, military stuff, except for Timothy's looks, like, very dressed up and regal. Yeah. And even, like, his dad is still militarized, like, is in armor, but Mm -hmm. he's just wearing, like, fancy boy clothes. Yeah. And um, Lady Jessica looks amazing in that, like, face chain stuff that she was wearing. Yeah. Really into the clothing. Yeah. Going off of that clothing, I think they do a really good job of making him seem like a boy. um, Yeah. Which I think is important to this story of, like, he he is a boy who's getting caught up in all of this stuff right and um i mean he's he's already like timothy chalamet is a skinny guy um looks very boyish anyway but just like i think the way the details that they put into this movie of some of his like running and hugging people like Mm -hmm. was very like childlike yeah his his outfits and everything like that they did a good job of i think um making him feel completely out of place uh in this new world that they're uh shoving him into (laughs) yeah Also, like, one thing I was super into was, like, the tech of this movie and, like, Mm -hmm. the innovative tech and how that looked visually. And um, those, like, helicopters were very cool. Like, I was very into those, like, dragonfly-looking helicopters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I was trying to figure out what the name of this is. Yeah. But I could. What is the name of that little like murder bug robot? Hunter Seeker. Yes. Yeah. That's which is cool. a great name as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great Dune word, <laughs> Hunter yeah. Seeker. That scene was really great. Like mm-hmm. Timothy Chalamet, the tension of that scene really liked that. Again, reminded me very much of that scene in the prequels in Star Wars, where there's like that murder bug that comes in mm-hmm. to yeah yeah kill someone. Um, yeah. Can I tell you how disappointed I was that Zendaya doesn't show up till 19 minutes left in this movie? <laughs> yeah, they sprinkle her in throughout. Like they, I, I think in total she gets maybe five minutes of dream screen right. time, right? <laughs> and then shows up at the 19 minute mark. Sure, I was prepared um, for that. I which, knew that going in. So like, did you? Yeah, okay. I did not. Which it feels like I should have known because. You I knew the they movie. were only doing like the first half of the book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just wasn't prepared for it. She's yeah. so played up in the marketing of this movie. Very much so. I think, it was kind of a shock. I, I think that's funny, like how played up she is in the marketing. But then when I watched the movie, I think because I knew that going in, I had way worse expectations. I thought we weren't going to see her at all till the very end. And oh, yeah. And then – to have her kind of like open the movie with yeah. dialogue and then to have her be consistently appearing throughout mm-hmm. the film in dreams, it works for me. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it, 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 it works for sure. Yeah. It just surprised me. <laughs> yeah. Um, the scene where Paul finds out that Lady Jessica is basically like intentionally birthed him to become this messiah figure right yep and he feels kind of like betrayed by that that would have been so much more impactful for me if we had a little bit more build-up of their mother-son relationship i agree because i agree it reminded me a lot of i'm just bringing up all the stories that this movie reminds me of (laughs) but um 
it reminded me a lot of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. where, you know, like, after seven books or whatever, we kind of figure out that Dumbledore has been protecting Harry just so that, because Harry needs to die, you know, mm-hmm. like, that betrayal feels so real because we know, like, we love Dumbledore and we love, like, his relationship with Harry and to know that he's, like, kept a secret and is using him as, like, a pawn this whole time is really, like, impactful. And I wish I could have felt the same in that scene because of their relationship. For him to, like, for us to feel the the betrayal of my parents who I know and love, at least one of them, created me to be a tool for this like intergalactic world and not just to be the sun yeah i i i I agree i feel like we would have felt that impact a little bit more if we'd had more mother-son dynamic between if we had more mother-son if we had a little bit more backstory about how the bene Gesserit worked and what they're because it it just felt so rushed it just felt like all of a sudden i know they're i'm aware that these space nuns exist and then almost immediately after I hear about this prophecy and then find out he's the person of the prophecy. Like there, there was no like build up to that. There was no, like you hear about the prophecy and you think maybe it's him. And then you find out it is him, you know? And I, I understand that we're not, it's not confirmed yet, but like all signs point to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a scene that I liked, but I, I, as I was watching it, I thought this could have been better with a little bit more build up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I do think that like we we also don't get like um, a forgiveness in them coming together after mm-hmm. that either, um, yeah. because right right then is when everything starts to fall apart and all of the the plot stuff kind of gets in motion. So there's right. never uh, any kind of catharsis from that <laughs> later yeah. on in the movie, um, which I also feel like would be be helpful for that. Yeah. Um, how much can we talk about spoilers? Not in this movie. <laughs> Great question. I think yeah. we can. I think there's there's some light stuff we can touch on. Okay. Um, without like spoiling uh, part two. <laughs> um, but we can also talk as much about part two. What part two will be about if you want to as well. Well, so we can, here's here's what I'll say. Spoiler section within the spoiler section <laughs> is after this movie. I did some googling, right? Because okay, just because I was not even like trying to figure out what happens, more just like. What does this word mean? Like, like just really basic stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, and in that I came to realize that Dune is not just like one book. It's like a lot of books, mm-hmm. like quite it's a lot, so it seems like. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like way more expansive than I realized of a story. It felt a little yeah. overwhelming just to like realize that, that this isn't like a three book series. This is like no. tons yeah. of books. This is like. It's six books and then spinoff books. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So that was yeah. like a little bit alarming to find out. Um, I, I read some like basic plot stuff about some of these and it's just like, wow, this story goes on for like thousands of years after the events of this movie yes. and thousands of years before. Like, yes. it's <laughs> it is, which I am not into. This yeah. book is where I kind of landed. It gets. Okay really off the rails how um, many have you read after this just just this book just this but book. i okay. but i have read i've read you know the plot summaries and everything like that of all the other ones to see if i wanted to you know dig in and i said absolutely not <laughs> yeah there... in that like down the line there are like human sandworm hybrid like yeah 
characters, like real character, which is it's just right. it gets yeah, god emperor stuff. Like right. it's a whole it's a whole thing. Even this book is a little too much for me. Um uh-huh. but I I was just like it is grounded enough, I think, to be a start of a story. And I was like, that's good. I read the book. I liked right. you know, a lot of it. It's not something I'm gonna continue. Yeah. So so yeah, I think I think a lot of that like far out stuff that's not gonna be covered, like they're not doing um a series. Okay. Who wants to do Dune. He's gonna do two 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 part movie. That's it. Got it. The and end. then the TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the TV show. <laughs> yeah. So. Um it, okay. it it could be a whole Dune expanded universe, but so, um at the moment it's just two movies. I have a, a spoilery question that I want to ask you, but I don't okay. know if we need to cut this out of the podcast. Let's 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 see where we go. Okay. Basically, I was spoiled and I found out that the character of Duncan Idaho comes back. Does that happen in Dune or in just other books? It does not happen in Dune. This happens okay. in other books, like many millennia in the future. They clone, they have cloned him. And okay. he is, he is actually the character that, <laughs> I mean, his clones basically, yeah. um, are the, are kind of the, the trail throughout the, the millennia that we, that, are, that are in this story. Not important to this, uh, this story that we're, we're watching. Jason Momoa will not be back. <laughs> okay. That's a bummer because he was really good. Yeah. And a lot of people die in this movie, but yeah. his death was the hardest, even harder yeah. than Oscar Isaac. Um, I agree. I feel like he brought the one bit of lightness to this film, <laughs> and it's yeah. really hard to know that the next one, that tiny glimmer is going to be gone. <laughs> yes, there will not be a, yeah, there will be even less lightness in this the second film. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> it gets way darker. <laughs> oh, goodness. Ultimately, I think... I'm like I said, I'm impressed by Dune, mm-hmm. but I'm not I don't feel passionately about Dune. I don't like yeah. love this story. But yeah. I'm happy for the people that are super invested that they got such a beautiful like grand adaptation of it. I yeah, for me I think I really enjoyed it. I think it's not a movie that I can feel like I can fully judge until we get the second part because it sure. doesn't feel like a full movie. It feels like I paused it halfway through to go to the bathroom. Really? Um and so it's like do I have thoughts about it? For sure. Do I have like an opinion on it? I don't think I do yet. And I think like sitting with it, watching it a couple more times, I will probably, you know, come to a conclusion on it, but right now I'm just like I enjoyed that um first half i'm ready for the second i wish they'd just d- filmed them back to back but i i totally get the um the fact that blade runner 2049 was not a um financial you know huge success um yeah. just means the warner brothers is not going to back um <laughs> right. you know, a very expensive two-part movie here so i get i get why they split up the production but i am i'm ready for set part two do you think this movie could have been shorter oh yeah for sure Okay. For sure could have been shorter. For sure could have been shorter or for sure could have been longer. <laughs> like <laughs> one of the two. Um, either give us more information and yeah. like really, really, you know, make this a big thing, which I think it, it could have been a really good, I think, TV show. Like this could have been three mm-hmm. episodes, uh, three hour long episodes of a TV show or – keep it tight um but i did love all like a lot of the stuff that I, as i was watching it the second time a lot of stuff that i'm like you could cut this this isn't necessary is a lot of just like cool visual like world building stuff that we get yeah. to see um there's not really like plot stuff that i feel like could be cut like unnecessary yeah. stuff so it's all it's all just like the sprawling aspect of this movie 
here's another spoilery question I have to ask you. Mm-hmm. Does the next movie, do you think like the ending of this, does it all take place on Arrakis? Yeah, I will say it's mostly, mostly on Arrakis. Yeah. Um, and it could be, I like depending on how it gets written, it could be written to all happen on Arrakis if okay. need be. But the book does not all happen on Arrakis. Got it. Okay. But, I like the idea of having it all just happen on Arrakis. Like, this is our spot. We're sticking here. All of yeah. the machinations will, you know, come to fruition on this one spot. Right. I think I, I really wanted to know more about this emperor that's, like, doing all this. Yeah. What's your what's your uh, fascination with this uh, unnamed, unseen emperor? <laughs> I think it's just, like, he, so, he seems pretty pivotal, right, in, like, the events <laughs> of going on. It seems like we should have gotten eyes on him, you know? Yeah. I do really like stories about kings and queens and princes and princesses. And when Timothy Chalamet's character, when Paul mentioned, like, the emperor only has daughters, like, I could become the new, I could, like, it seems like he was implying he could marry one of them and become yeah. the emperor, right? I was, like, real invested. I was like, wait a minute, let me get eyes on these daughters. Let me, <laughs> like, I want to just know who this emperor is and who these daughters are. And, <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, that it just seemed like weird that we never had like any visuals of him when he I was think... the main person making all these decisions about what's happening. Yeah, see what, what the way that I view it is these he makes one decision, which is to to remove House Harkonnen from Arrakis and give it to um the Atreides. And house. then to betray and then to give the he, armies right he doesn't betray that's all baron harkonnen of, no but like who who gives him those armies that are he, like he, he just goes and gets them so the bene Gesserit give them to him because didn't she come over and be like yeah we'll give you these armies yes but that but that they're not given by the emperor the emperor is kind of just like hands okay, so, off just so basically then, being like you guys do whatever you want i'm not looking i'm looking so the, the other bene way Gesserit like are hour. helping with the, that yeah though. the bene Gesserit are are, are are helping okay they are the baron's uh army for sure, but he is not, or not the, the emperor's. Army. It's the emperor's army, but yeah. he is not involved in any of it. It's okay. the baron and um, the Bene Gesserit who are making the moves. Okay, right. Which is why he's not in this movie. But I get that, like they talk about the emperor a lot in this yeah. movie. <laughs> so yeah, it also is just very interesting that like this. <laughs> I don't know. It is. It's very funny to me when something this futuristic still has the like uh, he only has daughters like the can't inherit the throne like that's <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that makes me laugh but like we still have the system put in place that like only yeah. men can rule yeah the future is a patriarchy <laughs> yeah um that's funny to me yeah it was okay also i could have used so much more backstory about like why did um oscar isaac never marry lady jessica see these are the things that i think are so fun that they just throw in there like that that line where he's just i should have yeah, married you I like married i love you. that i love so that gorgeous. i don't need any more than that oh uh, i mean i could have used a little bit more i, I, <laughs> I loved and you know and then it's referenced again when he's like dying and he's like your son and your concubine, your concubine. are like yeah. both dead yeah i mean it, it, it were it worked that line yeah. alone works so well. So, like, I'm not mad yeah. at it. I'm just more like, that's the stuff I'm interested in, you know? But yeah, yeah. Those are the things you're interested in, for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, I yeah. should have married you. Oh, so good. You're like, <laughs> what? I thought she was, like, the queen. I thought she oh. was. Yeah. It just makes the world deeper and more interesting, I think, if it's not those 
yeah. basic king and queen dynamics. Yeah. So. Um, also, it seems like how many other space nuns get married, you know, or like, you know, like go on to like be partners with people. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's a, I mean, it's a it's a it's a breeding religion. So I would yeah. say most. OK, but... gotcha. So you're excited about the next one. I'm excited for the next one. Yes. Yeah. Very much. I'm so. assuming that there's going to be like a whole new cast since a lot of this cast died. Right. <laughs> yes. Um. I mean, I don't think it's spoiler to say like the people that we didn't see die will be back. Right. Um, so we've got Lady Jessica. We've got Paul. We've got Javier Bardem. Obviously, Zendaya. We've got our Dave Batista and yep. it, Josh it, Brolin. Well, that I know because of, I Googled this, but the movie seems unclear about whether he lives or dies. I thought it was, it, to me, it never seemed like he died. We just never saw like the full escape there. Okay. But also, Stephen McKinley Henderson is still alive. Oh, okay. See, I kind of assumed, like, I'm, I'm not saying that I know this for sure, but it seemed like the movie was implying, like, all those people died. It, anyone, yeah, it, it didn't anyone, get into detail about it, but it's like, yeah, anybody that you didn't see escape. Right. Di- pretty, yeah. Probably died. Yeah. Um, I don't think those will be, like, big reveals in the next one, but, like, those are, these are all characters for the next movie. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay, so... Well, we'll see each other again in how yes. many years it takes. Seven for them years to make another Dune. when Dune Part Two comes out. <laughs> yeah, I I liked this movie a lot. I have a lot of weird feelings about it, but I'm very excited for Part Two. All right, where can people find you on the internet, Lucas? You can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff, and you can find me on all platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A M S T U T Z. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 